Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 283. Ugh, we're talking job posts. Don't say anything. Nothing. Nothing worth anything. Best Served uh, Table Side, Volume 3, and we're getting into the hiring process horror stories. This is Episode 2 of 8. There's a lot to dissect, these micro topics, and as always... We are trying to find workplaces worth working. How do we evolve? How do we build this industry into something where there is a sense of belonging, a sense of meaning and purpose, not just a job? Because we are that band of rebel, the island misfit toys, Bourdain's pirates on the pirate ship, and we give no shits about a job. Yet somehow we keep turning this industry into a bunch of jobs that seemingly have no meaning. And the job post is the first spot, the first place of interaction where we're seeing just this diminished value brought on all sides of the equation. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. We have with us Susie Kim. Good to see you. Thanks for being on. And then Mick Knowles as well is with us and uh, industry pros who are going to give us their perspectives. We're going to have a, a real conversation. We're going to laugh a little bit. We might cry about the reality of how ridiculous some of what's happening right now is and hopefully find a path forward is what we're going to do. So I want to start by thinking about this workplace is worth working. One of the kind of pillars of what we're trying to really focus on with Best Serve, what I'm so motivated to, to understand, how do we create an environment that allows people that don't want the nine to five job necessarily, that don't want the cubicle, cubicle and the suit and, the, and that whole world, to have a meaningful workplace. So I wanted to come to each of you, Susie, I want to start with you thinking about that, thinking about that notion and understanding that what are the things that have brought you value, have diminished your thought of value? Think about that a little bit uh, as a, at a high level. And then we'll talk about how job posts now are kind of feeding into that. But give us an idea for you of workplaces worth working. What about this industry needs to, to kind of evolve when we think about that? So, yeah. Um, hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, so yeah, in terms of value, I feel like, um, there's just not enough transparency when you're stepping into a, um, a, an establishment, right? Because there's always going to be some sort of pecking order and yeah. you have to understand how that works because no matter um, if you're working with people and with, um, businesses, there's going to be politics and you're going to have to know how to navigate those, um, when you come in. And um, a lot of different people in the back of the house, you know, we're kind of um, creative people and uh, we're in a very high stress environment. Um, so you, you have to understand how to work with those people. And so not only do you have the politics, but you have kind of like the workplace psychology, right? Because, you know, you can't press certain buttons with certain people and certain people like certain things done a certain way. So... Um, but so when you're entering a work environment, no one is there to really tell you that. Yeah. Um, 
I think that uh, understanding that's really important. You got a lot of us hothead chefs uh, in the back of the house, to, to say the least. And we, we've, we're we so passionate. We also prey on our own passions and use that as an excuse. I've done that way too many times. So I appreciate, I appreciate that. I need to take my own medicine quite a bit as well. Mick, same question coming to you. Kind of give us a high level of, of kind of, you know, how you've had to navigate that, the struggles that you've had with that, hope that you have, you know, calling out anything, any inequities they've seen at a high level, and then we'll get into the details of the job post. Yeah, um, I would definitely kind of extend on what she said there, just um, honesty, when you're coming into a new place, you, when I um, talk to somebody who is new on my team, I always try to be as honest with them as I can about about how things work, the hierarchy, how people behave, what they do and don't like, and, and what yeah. our workplace culture is, what's acceptable and what's not. And that's that's the most important thing to me because I wish that I would see that more frequently when I've started jobs is um, just somebody to kind of show you the ropes and just, just be honest about what's going on. And that also extends to management. Um, I would love to see that more frequently, um, just like with what we've talked about before, um, how do, how do I get where I need to go? I'm going to be communicative with you about what I need, what I'm looking for. And I, I would like the same always. Um, if you think that I'm not doing well in a specific area or um, if if there's something you would like to see me start doing, tell me yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you what I need from you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's funny when I was listening to you talk, it, going into a restaurant is almost going into a cliche high school movie. It's like clickish. There's like there's there's the cool kids over there, and I don't know is that bartenders maybe, and then there's the jocks over here, and then maybe that's the bartenders, and then there's you know <laughs> then there's then there's like the weirdo artistic guys, and those are like the, the the chefs, you know, the the sous chef and stuff, and then there's the the ones putting I don't know cigarettes out on their arms over there in the corner. Those are definitely the line cooks, lifer <laughs> line cooks, right? And so you do need somebody to help you navigate. The madness that is kind of that whole microcosm of humanity all in one place. Restaurants really are absolutely that. So I appreciate that. All right, we're gonna get into job post stuff. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with uh, giving ourselves a big laugh. Uh, Jonathan Brokow was gonna be on, of course, real life. Literally, per pipes burst in his house. We're gonna get him on because he wrote in a in a Facebook group. Excuse me a fake job post job description that was one of the most hilarious onion type articles that i've read and i just wanted to like give him give him some props on this for how ridiculous it was yet slightly true in the way we react i want to read this one part uh lucrative benefits including hams per seven shifts and a 10 percent discount on a shift meal can only be purchased during lunchtime on mondays and wednesdays and must be eaten within two minutes or less over a trash can and it goes on and on, but I wanted to pop that up there and uh, and touch on this. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yet then I'm like, well, actually, I ate most of my meals standing up cold over a trash can. So what the fuck? Like, that is real. That's absolutely real in the way that we're going to actually interact in that job. And to the point that both of you made, there's just not enough transparency. There's not enough honesty. We in restaurants, this is interesting, and I want to unpack this with you as we talk about how that's expressed in a job post specifically is authentic as it may be, it's our job to put on a facade. You have to put on a facade to make sure that the guest has the best possible experience. You put, leave your shit at the door 
and you put a smile on because it's part of your uniform. These are the realities of what we create this environment. And it can be toxic. It can be amazing for guests. But if we if we don't reconcile with the fact that we are having to put on a show and understand the reality of the person that in the back of the house that's eating over trash can, that's the hospitality that they feel in their day in and day out. And we expect them to put on a good show for, for the guest. That is a struggle. So let's talk about that a little bit. Susie, I want to come to you. I mean, thinking about that, there is not that honesty. What, what Jonathan said was the most honest thing I've seen in a, in a job post in a long time. Touch on that a little bit for you, how you see that play out. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a really uh, great topic to, I mean, there's a lot of lack of self-care in this industry and that kind of falls under that umbrella, right? Because um, you saying it's toxic, it's so, it's so true. You're pretending to put that facade on. I mean, that's going to take a toll on you um, and your psyche over so many consecutive shifts and so many hours when you're running your ass off and you have that 15 seconds to inhale food um, for your meal. Um, and often it's not going to be healthy food. Um, it's going to be some fries left over in the window or, um, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, definitely. Uh, well, then there's the politics, Susie, too. Like, you know, then it's like, you know, how many memes do you see of, uh, I don't know, servers portrayed as vultures descending upon carcasses <laughs> of leftover food that die in the window and all this? It's like, is it funny and true? I don't know. Maybe. Is it ridiculous that that's the way that we're going to like treat each other? Absolutely. Yeah. Like build it in where people are having to, to put themselves through eating cold food over the trash can just to be able to have enough sustenance to make it through the grueling shift and running your ass off. And you're going to give them shit for that. Like yeah. ugh, it, it, that's, that's the stuff that we need to start to, we need to get over it. One yeah. team, one mission needs to be a part of that. So I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, on, uh, like add on to that, like when you get hired, I feel like there, there's like a part of a script, right. That has to do with like the legalities of the breaks that you're supposed to have over a certain mm -hmm. amount of hours. And they just have to tell you that because that's what the law says. Yeah. And I mean, we all know it's bullshit. So yeah. Where does, I mean, where, where can we, um, as an industry step up and be like, all right, we need to make, make sure that we're taking care of each other and our people properly. Yeah. Yeah. Make it proactive versus reactive that people are in this survival mode just to get their hands on some cold French fries. Like that's not their motivation in life. That's happening out of some, some basal necessity in that moment. Like that is what we need to address. And again, back to, you know, the, the job post being like, honesty and transparency in the way that you're going to interact with that. Like, I would love to see a job post that says we have fa failing meal twice a day, every single day, seven days a week. No question. <laughs> I would, I would apply to a place that says that because I know one, I'm going to get fed. Imagine that. Number two, gathering around a table is meaningful for our guests. Thereby, I believe that's meaningful for us. So creating that opportunity, I think is worthwhile. I feel like just reading that in a job post, culture. Not the, and the thing you say and pretend, culture. 
that's how you actually build that. So Mick, I want to come to you and, you know, we had that, that job post thrown up from Jonathan again. I, I just want to give him props. It's hilarious. And for sure, if you're in the Casey restaurants job group, make sure you look at that entire post. Cause I just pulled a little snippet out of it. But for you, it's, I mean, is that your experience? You know, the, the benefits of the job feeling like you're just forced to like the base yourself into eating over a trash can just to survive the reality of that job. You're muted. <laughs> there Sorry. we go. We got you. Uh, <laughs> I would say it's not even just that. It's not even just the accidental cultural, like, oh, we just have to hurry up and eat over a trash can because we don't have a break because it's not built in. Mm -hmm. um, it's also, I've worked plenty of places where you literally were not allowed to eat food anywhere near the floor. Like, I understand, like, it shouldn't be in front of you. Yes, definitely not. Sure. But, like, if I'm in the back and I need to eat something because I'm working 8, 10, 12 hours, that shouldn't be penalized. And it shouldn't – I've literally worked places where there are rules against eating. They would just come and throw away your food or you would be written up. Um, and these are some of the higher-end places as well. So you would expect that if you're asking me to give higher-end service to a guest, that you would take care of me in a better way. And I'm not just talking about um, – the classic benefits, like, you know, I, I need self-care too. I need you to enable me to take care of myself so I can take care of you as a company and our guests. Yeah, this, there's, it's so funny. So much, so much of what is a strength and a weakness is kind of opposite sides of the same coin. They go so hand in hand, like our ability to adapt in the moment and problem solve and overcome any issue is such a strength. Yet that means we think that we never have to plan ahead and take care of each other because we'll just figure shit out. Like that should not be the way that you build a job post, a resume, an interview process, a job description, a job training, any of that stuff. We need to start to take care of ourselves and understand that hospitality goes both ways. Professionalism, please, we're going to talk about this a lot more. It goes both ways. It has to be mutual and that's what I hear from you is like, we, we have to, we have to build that in. It can't be an accidental. I just love this manager and they're great, but everything else about this place should burn to the ground. Well, the reality of it is you have to build it in. Most people leave a job, not because of the job, but because of their leadership. And that has to be baked into this process. And if leadership is saying, and I want to bring up some more of these, if leadership is saying this hiring line cooks, this is another screen bag that we grabbed pay starts 14 to 16 per hour. Based on experience, this is the entirety of a job post. Like, how inspired is that leadership? Like, come on. This is what you're going to put out in the world, and then you're going to complain that you're understaffed? I can tell you why you're understaffed. This is an expression of the culture that you're building, of the professionalism, of the hospitality, of the communication that you are holding in the highest regard. And then we're going to say your, your resume misspelled the word restaurant yeah okay should you have an attention to detail fine yes yet we have to hold ourselves accountable on both sides of the equation and this is the most uninspiring thing that i've seen and so i want to touch on that with both of you specifically i think we touched on the leadership and the need for that communication based on experience this is a fascinating thing that i see in job posts where it seems like we're, we're creating a range not actually evaluating the worth of that that position but creating a range and that range is leading to a bad practice we're hearing about and seeing a lot more and more and more is 14 to 16 means 14. 
The 16 is only there so that people go, oh, I could get paid $16 an hour. The reality is they're going to pay $14 an hour and then have some excuse. So I continuously am seeing that the range is just a bait and switch opportunity. So Susie, say, you know, question to you, kind of that based on experience, how we're evaluating that, give us your thoughts on that a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, classic, right? Uh, bait and switch for sure. Um, and it sucks that we, ha we have had to be in the industry for so many years to be able to see through that yeah. um, experiences that we've had. Um, I definitely, um, want to like i guess echo things that we've spoken to about before in terms of like hey if you're gonna have that in the job post be honest and say starting and we are more than willing to help you work up to a 16 dollars position so there's tell me how i'm gonna get there and yes. let's be realistic because a lot of us are gonna work our ass off and if we don't see that light in the end of the tunnel and don't have that honesty from our, our, our bosses and from the, the home office, then, you know, you're going to see so much, so many people just leave. Um, they're going to be pissed because they're like, you got, I'm just, you know, um, I'm just a pawn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be disgruntling. And then before you know it, people are going to be talking and no one's going to want to work with them. And that's just how it goes. So it's we, we see that play out again and again. I mean, your yeah. truth, like serious truth, pawn that that right when you said that, that's it's just you're just an X and an O, a one and a zero, a pawn, completely expendable. And the reality of that is so such a struggle. We we talked about before we went on a little bit. Like, like give me a path. Like, tell me, you know, if you're able to accomplish these things, if you bring this presence to the job, if you're able to navigate the job in this manner, you have these attributes, you hold yourself in this way, and you're able to have these finite skills as well, then there's a path to that. And on the flip side, I'm definitely a lot of workers talking to them too, like, hold yourself to that standard. Say, instead of saying, can I have a raise, say, at the, before that ever happens, say, I would like to see myself at, at $18 an hour in the next nine months. What can I do to be able to get to that point? That is a much more meaningful, impactful, and powerful negotiating position to be in. Put the onus on the front end versus then, oh, we'll give you a review in six months. Who the hell has gotten a review in six months at a restaurant? They, you just, you don't. You don't see that happen. So I, I appreciate you you sharing that. Uh, uh, Mick, I want to go on to kind of like another thread. This is, uh, I feel like we think that people that work in restaurants are stupid, like that they are, I don't know, uneducated, uninspired. And I just, we just didn't go down the regular path. Some of the smartest people I know in restaurants, and yes, some of the most knock on wood, ridiculous people who do dumb stuff are in the restaurant industry as well. We are absolutely a microcosm of all of what America and humanity can be, the best and the worst. And we are all in one, <laughs> in one ship together. And so this is interesting. I see job posts like this where they're talking about, here's this post about a breakfast cook. We are looking for a breakfast cook. Morning hours. Like, no shit, Sherlock. Morning hours for a breakfast cook. And then it just says breakfast cook. And there's a picture of the window of the building. And I'm just like, oh, 
why, why would anybody want to go work there? You're spending money. Like they're boosting that ad on Craigslist for $50 every month. And then they don't have enough to pay somebody $2 more an hour to get them to that $16 point. And they're treating them like that's, that's all you get. I'm looking for a breakfast cook and they work morning hours. Wow. Thank you for that. So Mick, I want to come to you. Like the feeling of just looking at a job post going, am I an idiot? Like, is that what you're looking for? Is just like a monkey with symbols to be able to do the job, whatever the hell that means. Give your thoughts there. Well, it kind of goes back to what Susie was saying about, about being expendable, about being a pawn is, is they view you as a warm body to fill a position and not a person. They're not treating you with empathy the way that they would want to be treated if they were being hired somewhere. And I think that we need to see a lot more of that um, on both sides, of course, um, see where your your boss is coming from, but also see where the employees are coming from and, and what they would want um, to go forward to give you the best of themselves. Um, and it's, it's not <laughs> breakfast cook. Yeah. For no no uh no hours no benefits no uh payment posted nothing no effort given, um no, and it, and that's what you're gonna get if that's what you're asking for. Exactly, it's it screams desperation, and you're only gonna find people who in a moment are desperate, and that happens a lot of times. Living paycheck to paycheck, something goes wrong. Jonathan has his his uh, pipes burst this morning. And now it's like, that's a reality of my life. I have to figure out. And now I need to get a second job for any period of time to pay this bill. And then I'm out of there. And they go, this person only worked here for a month and a half, two months, whatever. It's like, yeah, because they got enough money to do the thing they need to do because you're not inspired to have them work here. They're not inspired to work here. Why would they want to work here? Once again, I'll go back to that. We in this industry gravitated towards this because we found our people. There was this chaos and this energy and this excitement and, and something new. And it wasn't that nine to five. And it, and it really, it really galvanized us. And then we've spent the last 25, 30 years in this industry, turning it into a job, just creating as little as possible to create a sense of meaning and belonging. And then now we're saying kids these days, they're not as committed. They're lazy. They're this, they're that. And it's like, are you kidding me? You gave up on it, and now you're expecting them to hold themselves to a higher standard than you? And we did so much of that, and I'm guilty of that, too, of finding all these different ways to, like, throw somebody's resume in the trash because they spelt something wrong and thinking that I was clever and a better use of my time as, as a manager. The reality was, like, I spent no time trying to understand that, that person and their journey and how we could be a part of that journey together, and we turned it into a job. So if kids these days are saying they don't want your job, well, they're more like us than we ever could have imagined because they're saying, fuck that. I want, I don't want a job. Problem is we became the cool kids. We stopped remembering what it was that galvanized us. We all of a sudden had all the attention on us and we are used to being, you know, even front of house, we are still kind of like behind the scenes and doing our thing in a different kind of way. And we turned it into a job. Nobody in this industry wants a job. And we're wondering why you're not filling positions. This is why. Because of job posts like this. You know, we have to start to hold ourselves accountable. One last one I want to throw up here, because I mentioned this, you know, ridiculousness of the expectations that we have for resume and how resume say absolutely nothing. All of this, yada, yada, it says nothing. Experience in food service, helpful, great. Sounds amazing. At least they gave us the shift hours, unlike the breakfast place. But then it says hour, uh, semicolon plus tips. And it's like, 
plus tips. There could be something there. Like, tell me, what does that mean? Give me an idea of what to expect. But then we spelled hourly wrong. And look, it happens. But the responsibility of professionalism, this, I know that this manager also then will find a reason to throw somebody's resume in the trash because they spelled restaurant wrong. And we can't even do that on a job post. And a resume is a page long with hundreds of words. And this has 47 words and we can't spell one of them correctly. And so where is the expectation of, of professionalism? So I want to end with, end with that, professionalism, your expectation, maybe job post or go big picture again, Susie for you, professionalism, hospitality in both directions. Give us, give us what your expectation is. Lay down a little bit of what we can do to better ourselves as an industry as a whole when it comes to professionalism, hospitality for, for our people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's uh, standards uh, that I'm hearing is a lack of standards um, on that post. You know, as an employer, uh, you're not really, I mean, it's careless. It's sloppy. Yeah. doesn't mention anything about you know, for me, it'd be like paid training, um, any kind of incentives for the employee to put a sandwich together. I mean, the sandwich is like the most, um, you know, you have to have a standard, um, a formula, a way of you're putting the thing together. And if you can't describe that in an enticing manner to a potential person who is going to be spending a, a bulk of these hours of their life, um, you have to make it appealing. Um, I don't know. I just, posts like that just turn me off so much. Um, just don't You're just going to have the most uninspired sandwiches. I just guarantee it. How yeah. can somebody start with that job post? And, and all three of us can imagine every single downstream interaction from there and create consistent, delicious, standard bearing dishes. They just can't. So, I mean, for yeah. you... You, know, you said uninspired. What, how, how do we shift that? Give us a little more. I really like when you said paid training. Anything else that when you see that, you're looking for that, you want to communicate that and give us some ideas. Because I think so many people who are writing these, they've given up. Like they've fucking given up. And we have to find a way forward. This can't be. There's enough finger pointing and blaming. We have to communicate. We have to go to the table. We have to have a real conversation. So Susie, any other things? Like let's go practical then. What other, What else would you like to see on a job post that would have you go, okay, that's different. Yeah. for willing to, to interact. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, those are great points. Uh, I think that like um, describing the job as maybe like a sandwich artist. And <laughs> this is the way to do that. Yeah. I like it. Maybe mentioning like um, some of the, something that you're known for in the industry, right? Because that's inspiring and that in turn will, bring maybe more creative um, employees and in turn those employees will be inspired to be creative as well and come up with ways to entice your customers and be more engaging and and have that because that you know that customer engagement and like the personability I mean that's a huge part of repeat business you you're going to remember the guy that's coming through the door every every lunch with his crew you know mm -hmm. that's order how he likes his stuff and you're just going to have that dialogue that naturally happens when they come in um and so yeah having having something more creative more personable um definitely important maybe even um maybe even having a couple of questions that someone can be prepared with when they come in 
to fill out their application or have a have an interview. You know, those things are important too. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that you said that that I really want people to think about because it it definitely resonates. If you're making sandwiches, the likelihood is that you're making them directly in front of a guest, right? They might be moving through the line. They might be picking different items. They might pick the signature sandwich and then you're putting it through the toaster. But there is a relationship and a bond formed in that moment. It's micro, it's small, yet you might know their name from the last 17 times that they've come in over the last two months. So there's a relationship formed and speaking to the strength of that relationship, the opportunity to like hand somebody the sandwich that could make their day that is meaningful. I would be all about that. I think people would be all about that. So I appreciate that. The the sandwich artist being able to hand somebody the, per, the perfect sandwich for them for that day to change uh, their day for the better, that would be inspiring. That would make me want to make 187 sandwiches a day the same again and again and again, like a robot. If I have that one meaningful interaction, that would matter. I appreciate that. Mick, same question to you. What do we need to see on some of these on some of these job posts? What are a couple of things that you want to see that you notice that you say, okay, that that's meaningful, that entices me, as Susie said, that's interesting, that's different. We need some of that. Give us some insights. Yeah, definitely. Any attempt at at personality at humor um, goes a long way. I think that even if it's not great humor, it just <laughs> it's meaningful to know that they tried and. Um, I know that uh, a lot of these crappy ads just come from um, burnout on their side, the same yeah. way that we get burnt out, they get burnt out. And I just think a lot of that responsibility needs to come back um, on the owners of these establishments as well to make sure that the people who are out searching for your new sandwich artists um, are also feeling valued and that they're not exhausted, that they're getting the time to take care of themselves uh, just like we need to as well. Um, so of course I would like to see more effort on, on the side of management to hiring managers to put um, meaningful ads out and, and also for owners to promote and hire managers who already have that kind of um, personality and essence about them. That's a, that's a great way to end this. You know, it's easy to say it's the manager's fault and look, they are ultimately responsible for this one interaction, yet they're humans too. They're burnt out. They've been dealing with no call, no shows and it, whose fault is it? I no longer care whose fault it is. What I want is for us to come to the table. That's why this series called table side, have real conversations, talk shit a little bit, get our like angst out there, have a real dialogue about what we expect. Both of you, have pointed out the ridiculous reality of where we're at. And both of you have said there's ways and things that we'd like to see moving forward. And I, and I really appreciate that. So that this was really great. Mick, Susie, thank you so much to both of you for speaking you. with us, for sharing your insights. You know, it's, it's meaningful. It matters. Just these little interactions of us saying we can do better, we can be better, are the only way we can start to build this. So that, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to add one thing. Please. Um, yeah, this is like so so your comment of being proactive, right? On on changing things for the better for the worker. And um like I've been I've been on the distribution side with Shamrock and they have a lot of great products. Um, but we all know that there's a lot of waste and we all know that a lot of these organizations are great about um donating a lot of their food to food banks. 
but I feel like maybe there should be some sort of program where they can come up with, with all their algorithms and their supply chain knowledge and everything that they can figure out ways of like, Hey, I know that, you know, at the end of the week, well, we're going to have this broccoli left. How can we sell it to the workplaces to create more meals for that are healthy for their workers? Like, how can there be something established for that? Because, um, you know, we have a lot of great programs to feed kids and, but we need to start looking after the health of our employees in, in the industry. I could not agree more. I see Sophie nodding her head behind the scenes here. We're going to write that down because I think that absolutely needs to be its own series where we focus on the ability to feed our entire communities. People that are the closest to the food system are some of the most food insecure from farmers to food workers are some of the most food insecure people in our country. And we spend, again, we put on that facade we feed others and we forget about ourselves and it's systemic in our industry. And sometimes it's self-defeating as well. We do it to ourselves. We diminish our own value. So that's why, you know, we're really focused on amplifying the worth and work of people who feed their communities. That's absolutely the two of you. That's absolutely everybody that works in restaurants in the food system. So really appreciate you pointing that out. What a great way to end. So everybody, we appreciate all of you for tuning in again. This is Besser podcast 200 and 83 and this was job posts don't say anything and i like that we got a little deeper this was very meta for me as well because you know i've i've seen my own strengths and weaknesses in this whole dynamic and it's time for us so that is it for today appreciate you all appreciate mick and Susie. thank you so much cheers thanks for listening to the best served podcast subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.